on this episode of Quantum Week, February 14th through 20th, 1999. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies, music, headlines, our stories, and we are in mid-February 1999 with Office Space and Believe by Share. I blew that opening, by the way. Did you hear my fader move? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, what I just it was just down as opposed up. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. Okay, it'll be fine. All right. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't really care. Uh, announcements we, yeah we have a big show big uh, show well uh, patreon show uh on sunday is probably not as big it's uh <laughs> mel gibson payback uh is the movie yep uh i forget the song i'm sorry it's a it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so get that page you get wait, wait, that's not incentive enough guys magic like that yeah. <laughs> uh but the uh the free show next week is it is a doozy uh potentially uh we have a great guest Kirk Minahan. Wow. From the Kirk Minahan show. Oh my Barstool God. Sports. In case people didn't know. In case you didn't know, because he already announced it on his show. Yes, plus he's also feeling more famous than us. I made the mistake of introducing him before. <laughs> who were introducing this time? I was going to say, you're going to have to do it again, though, That's aren't you? That's fine. Yeah. yeah I'll do I'm same. not saying you. I could, too. I, I should do mind. the same exact way. Yeah, I think you might as well. Yeah. He's probably um, expecting that, though. Is it? Do you, could we, should we explain why I did that? You mean with him? No, I mean now. I don't know he's gonna care oh i know why well you, you yeah well, we, that was our first guest and we just wanted to like show future because a, a he's a he was a huge name i mean he's a huge guest huge name for us now back then it was like it was, it was like very it was our, he's our first guest that's right we were like 10 shows in or something yeah so like we we wanted to you know ideally any prospective guests we would have would hopefully hear them be like all right we'll promote you too and it actually did work with a couple of different guests came on after hearing and that you know we had a couple of guests that we didn't know yeah that's like right jesse dayton a couple of people yeah. come on didn't really know us right um as well as you know obviously steve robinson or or, or Black, mike or, or, or mike Erie, yeah. like they know us or you know through the kirk and stuff so but right. some people like don't we didn't really know as well and they heard that and they're like oh like that was uh i've heard a couple of jobs i was a huge get who didn't know oh exactly like, how did you get kirk yeah, you get- to come on your show <laughs> exactly it's like, yeah. that's a good question uh wait no no there's a good answer to that oh, question of course the, yeah. the magic of matt Carano. that's right uh but uh but yeah, so like I, but I maybe we should have prefaced it. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, don't. I think it was totally fine. It was absolutely professional to do it that way. That's what you would do with any guest on there. That it's just ridiculous. My attitude too is if you're gonna, if you, that's the thing you take away from the show that you mock me for, I'm okay with that. That's yeah, exactly. A, you know, oh, you're, you're gonna mock <laughs> so, me for my professionalism. You should offer something anyway. So it's like, <laughs> right. it might as well be that. That's, that's <laughs> right. a, my introduction skills are. So of course the joke is we introduced the world to Kirk Minahan. We, we yeah, 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 became a joke, right? Right. Yeah. Right, yes. Right, yes. Right. Yes. Uh, which of course we uh, did not. No, we did. Um, Never uh, thought we did. But no, but all kidding aside, though, having Kirk on is going to be yeah. Awesome. Another it was huge... also be a karate kid. If you haven't heard, if you're a new listener, we had Kirk on. Uh, oh my god! Like I said, Matt said like episode. Wait, 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 wait back. Yeah, a year, um, I don't know. More than a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was more than a year ago. Yeah, but and Karate Kid episode. The Karate Kid episode. Um, and it was great it was having Kirk on. Kirk is was that Hall 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 well, yeah. yeah, like super. Uh, he's just so knowledgeable and his encyclopedic memory. Right. And um, so it's fun to be able to, he just can rattle off, uh, especially like when we're covering movies in the 80s, where I feel like my sweet spot's the 90s, early 2000s, maybe. Is like yeah, that more, makes sense. Like I can, I think I can talk movies, you know, in depth with anyone at that time. Yeah, but in 1985 or 86, you're five, six, it, seven years right. old. I mean, and then the thing is, that, yeah, I might know that time pretty well. Yeah. But then those directors might have had runs that start in the 70s. Mm. It's like, ah, my 70s film knowledge is not very good. Right. Uh, comparatively to someone who lived it 
or someone like her who's so, you know, is that great encyclopedic knowledge. So uh, it's always a treat for me, especially, I know he knows music as well, but he does. for me, just like having someone to really kind of bat around random movie facts with it is, is super fun. Cause <laughs> yeah. it's just like, you don't get it, I don't get that often in my life, like no. to be able to just have that talk. So super excited to have Kirk on, obviously. And then the song is going to be, um, Oh, I don't know that we've decided yet okay. because he changed the movie on us. So, uh, yeah, yes. so I did send him. Oh, we should the, say what the movie is. The movie's going to be Hoosiers. Hoosiers, right? So that that'll be a fun. Which is great too because that was a movie that didn't make a ton of money in its box office. So it'd be it's a hard movie to we get probably to. wouldn't have run into. Yeah, or would have maybe not had a ton of chances to run into it. So I was actually really happy he went in that direction. But of course, Kirk loves Gene Hackman, so that made a lot of sense. Uh, and he mentioned it a couple times on the show recently. Like someone brought who? Yeah. People brought up Hoosiers to him. I think it maybe have been on his mind a little bit. Because we, we initially were going to do Untouchables. Yeah, because he it's one of his favorite films. Right. Um, but I think maybe he's talked about Hoosiers less. So well, I was happy about it because like I said Hoosiers Untouchables made quite a bit of money. Right, we'll get to um, it. I think we'll just we more likely to hit that. Where Hoosiers never hit number one ever. Mm. I don't believe in it. I think it only made like twenty five million in the, in the box office. Yeah, not a ton. Right. So I was I was uh, happy we uh, we wanted that. But I gave him the list of, uh, of of songs he could choose from. So you know, balls in his court. And the Patreon movie uh, for next week's is is a, a pretty big one. Platoon. Oh yeah, that's so true. Best too. picture winner. Yeah. So um so yeah, so next week's gonna be pretty big. And I think today's pretty big. Got office space. Yeah, that's right um shall we start on that i guess yeah office space so you i think you're gonna tell me that you when was the last time you saw this actually pretty recently okay you did oh fairly yeah so then i know that you're i feel like i know how you're feeling is uh you're feeling i haven't seen in a long time um and i think it's good not great oh you fucking scumbag yeah i think it's good you are so okay let me say this office space is the funniest movie i've ever seen how is that even possible? Because it's hysterical. It is so fun. It is amazing. It talks about things, movies, especially comedies, don't sure. tackle. Oh, I know. Like the mundane life of... Uh, Finality. Of, and, yes. Uh, and what is it really to work? What, what are we doing by working? And it deals with it in such a hysterical way. The characters... Uh, it's a fearless movie. Um, it does things studio... We'll talk about it later, but studio oh, did not like, did not want at all. Uh, right? No, uh, it's a very anti-established movie, obviously. Uh, and it, I love that it also tackles it not just from the office world, but also you have Jennifer Aniston's character, yep. which is Chachkis, which is like a like a Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays, and she's you know, so misery doesn't always need to exist in a white collar world. Exactly, it, it can transcend that. It's really what do we do by working? It's so it's not only is it I think er, almost every line in it is laugh out loud, hysterically funny. Like I had a huge smile. I caught myself. This like wild grin, like Jack Nicholson, the Joker watching the movie the entire time. Oh, that wouldn't be scary. I can't oh, like a psycho, right? <laughs> no, but I kept like catching myself and had this huge smile on my face. Yeah. And like, I didn't even, like, it, was, it was subconscious. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. was laughing so hard at, at things. I hadn't seen me the movie about three or four years, maybe. Which I is think the, I've seen that. This is one of the, the comedies I've seen the most, I think in my life. I've seen this a ton And you of don't times. think it's that funny? I just think, you know what? Some of the, some of the things are just so slower than I, I just, I, you're it's, slower than I think. No, you're slower than oh, you okay. think. Well, way to repeat what I just said. <laughs> way, way to prove that point. Just like the Lumberg thing. It just, it, it <laughs> doesn't, slower. it didn't hit as much as it, as it used to. What? Oh, Gary Cole's performance? Yeah, I know. Oh, come I on. I know that. I know, I know, I know I get it a lot of heat for that. It is unbelievable. He's very good, but it just, it's not, it's not like I remembered it. I, it really impacted me more as a, you know, 20 years ago than it did, did, did now. Why? What? 
I don't know. It just it, it was too slow it's that and big plotting. boomer boss that like it is, that, yeah, that, like it who's is. like who wants to be your friend who's like hey I think because it's been like, parodied so much too that's the other thing. The what now? It's been parodied so much too. Yeah, like I it's been repeated parody. and yeah, unified right. and parodied that it's almost like the original has been lionized past the point of actually what it was. No, that's what it feels like. I think it's worth their, their respect. I so I saw this in the theaters. Yeah, I know you did. And, and on the one person. Cause, right, the, yeah. no, Cause you, I remember you said that you were like, did you go with a buddy? Yeah. And you yeah, were, you two were the right. only ones yes. and you were quoting this movie. And then like five years later, yeah, it was so it was bizarre. Part, yeah. Right. Like my buddy, Brian, who, uh, that's the guy, I, uh, I, uh, my best friend who I lived in Florida with, right. we talked about him, a monkey boy, not monkey boy himself, but monkey boys, uh, he did merchandise. So Brian's been kind of a fixture in my life. Yeah. The whole way. And, uh, we went and saw it and, um, yeah, we just thought it was like the funniest thing we've ever seen. And we were like, you said we were quoting it for years, and like no one, no one even heard this movie. No, it, got, right. it got a pretty big run on Comedy Central, and then it exploded on DVDs. At one point, it was one of the five highest selling DVDs ever. Wow! Uh, Diedrich Baker, who plays um, the guy, the neighbor who lives next door, yes, um, uh, plays what's his name, Lawrence. Lawrence, right? <laughs> hey, Peter Man. Yes. Um, so he, he's the dude too. He, he was that? He's the dude. He's the dude. Like you think, like from like from Big, big Basket? Yeah, it's like very similar. I don't think so. I think I, I, I disagree there. Uh, but uh, I disagree on a lot of levels there, actually. There's no. a laziness that embodies the Lebowski character. does not embody oh, Lawrence. Lawrence? Um, so Lawrence is a hard worker. Yeah, but outside of outside of work, though, we don't we don't ever see uh, the dude besides in the bar and narrating the film. But, uh, but Dietrich, oh, we see you know, a, so, oh, you, like the Sam Elliott character is what you're saying. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh yeah, oh, he's kind oh, of, they're both kind of like... Yeah, not the dude. Wait, who's the guy at the bar? Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I was. I misspoke. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess they're, they're both sort of like... Um, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're kind of the conscience of the film. In a because way, in the right. end, Because in the end of the film with Dietrich, you, you sort of lionizing again like blue collar work it's like it has a lot of meaning right yeah and and it's um i think it also is someone who's just yeah kind of provides a lot of wisdom is what i guess the word exactly i mean right. he pushes back on peter when he's being an asshole when he steals a bunch of shit right, right, right. Like, <laughs> i don't want to ruin my life too man <laughs> yeah, right. um but uh so he the actor put him as dieter baker yep. who you probably know from uh a dieter bader who you probably know from uh drew carey show yeah and uh he uh was getting no residual checks for years very little or pennies like nothing oh, shit. all of a sudden he was getting, he said, these huge residual checks. It got to the point where he put a new roof on his house and he paid for it with entirely office space, residual money. Wow. And he's like, it was crazy. Like, overnight, I started getting these huge checks. He's like, I didn't know why. <laughs> I went literally from something I'd completely not forgotten about, but something I never really thought about. It showed me from an accounting perspective to being this thing that was this huge, giant windfall for me. I saw at one point a few years later that it had sold 6 million DVDs, and that wasn't including the VHS. Uh, so, 6 million, if maybe it's 10 bucks a head, that's like 50, 60 million dollars, yeah. right? I mean, so, on top yeah. of the, the Comedy Central, you know, constantly running right, it. Right. And yeah, he got this huge life that it just, it just didn't have before. I wonder what it made in total then after all those sales and then uh, being on cable. Oh, a hundred something. Yeah. 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 I mean, just yeah. insane. You're right. And yeah. then you, now you have, you know, even uh, cable and plays beyond that, you know, in streaming, it, it makes money off. Sure. There. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, and it's become such, it's not even a cult classic anymore. It's become like a comedy classic. I think so. Like, I mean, almost everyone can of a certain age and younger can quote it. Oh yeah. Knows a lot of the stuff. Um, and and my judge, of course, you know, directed and wrote it. He's famous for Beavis and Butthead. Um, went on King of the Hill, uh, went on to do, you know, his movies after this haven't had the same idiocracy is a cult. That's a cult classic. Definitely. Um, and so I think it's quite funny. I don't think it's anywhere near as funny as this, but it's quite funny. 
And I haven't seen his other movie, Extract. I have not even seen that, which I really should because I love this movie so much. I, and I, I like Jason Bateman. It. I think I have seen it, but it, but it doesn't res- register. I don't think it. I, don't I think would it check it out. Yeah. I, I really should watch it. Um, but he doesn't. He's he was really prolific in the late nineties because think about it, like I said, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead of course had a movie which made a lot of money. Right, and then this all in the same like boom time, and then um, he hasn't done as much. No, I, what has he done? lately um he's done less but not 10 not, or 15 years yeah not not as much obviously yeah. so uh well his movies don't didn't make my i wonder if no. well I, beavis about it did but beavis about it did yeah uh but this didn't in the theaters but i wondered if i wonder if networks looked at it or if uh movie studios looked at it and was like well it did have this big second life um but i don't think extract did very well either no, so didn't. then and yeah, yeah like, idiocracy yeah, yeah, of course. It didn't do well either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some uh, issues with how to how do we sell this? I mean, they fucked up selling this. Uh, you know, if you look, the movie poster is one of the worst one of the worst it's movie posters ever. Fucking terrible. It's if you haven't seen it, it's a guy just covered in post-it notes, so you don't even see anyone at all in the movie. No, and uh, it just is like work sucks. So they didn't put Jennifer Aniston in the poster, which yeah. would have because <laughs> her part was too small. That's stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah. It's really dumb. She's, why not put Livingston, Ron Livingston, the lead, who I think is fantastic as Peter Gibbons. Yes. Why not just put him and her, he's dressed in office, she's dressed in she's his dressed in her, stuff. Exactly. Just have them standing there. Yes. That would sell more, because at this point, remember 1999, Jennifer Aniston is a huge, huge star. star. Huge. Yes, mostly for TV, and her movie career at that point hadn't been necessarily a, a, a success. No, but no, yes. also right when she started dating Brad Pitt. So exactly. She's not only is she a huge TV star, she's a tabloid star. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the movie studio, the, I really think it was actually sabotage. Yeah, I know they had a lot of problems with this movie. Like they had a yeah. problem with the gangster rap element. They had a problem they had with a pro- casting. They had a problem with the casting. Yes, they didn't want, and then they had a problem when it was going on. So they wanted um, uh, Damon. Yeah, well, makes sense. They wanted Matt, if you if you read any movie stuff in the late nineties, they wanted Ben da- Matt Damon and Ben Affleck well, to do everything. Sense, yeah. Every single male role. But he was between, interested though. I don't know. I mean, you have people meet people. You read that, but like, eh, if he was really interested, what happened? Like, yeah, I guess. I guess he wanted five million for it, and they said no. But like. You tell me there wasn't some sort of wiggle room there. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if I buy that, um, or I don't. I don't buy the because you know every Hollywood everyone lies. But I don't know if I buy a Judge saying no. Livingston's the man for this. I don't know that I buy that either. I, I mean, he's he's really good at this, but I don't know that you would know that from his audition. I don't really know good. that even happened. The only people that he said he really knew, he he says that he Livingston was the guy. But I, I, he's not, he's he's shakier on that than he is like Gary Cole. Yeah, he's like we're ha- oh, it has to be him. That makes sense. And then David Herman, who plays Michael Bolton, yes, he knew him on a fr- on like a friend basis, right? And yeah, he'd done work with him before, and then ended up doing King of the Hill stuff, and right, right yeah. And, that makes oh, sense. and he also, uh, David Herman, if you don't know, he was on Mad TV. Yeah. And then he sabotaged way on Mad <laughs> right. TV by screaming and saying, like, they would do, like, table reads, and he would either scream his lines, or he would do them in a nonsense foreign voice. Like, bah, bah, blah, 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 blah. and they like, eventually had he didn't want to be in the show anymore. He kept asking out, and they wouldn't let him out. So that, he had a seven-year contract. Right. That's That seems like a lot. That for, seems insane. For a fucking sketch comedy right. show. They yeah. basically were, like, Mad TV's philosophy was like all right we're going to take all the stuff snl did and like basically not make those same mistakes yeah so we talked about before with chevy chase and the fletch how the, he only had a one-year deal but even then like we talked about booze brothers uh Bushi and ackroyd had a five-year deal but they let him out early yeah so like they're like all right we're not gonna let that happen we're gonna have these guys for seven years it's crazy and it was just you know these guys are all desperate comedians they were gonna sign you know oh, of anything course. yeah i mean if they made a hundred thousand a year or something that they right would, they would you could be on like a, t- a network show yeah like it's a no-brainer for them but it's still like it's a horrible contract and yeah, he didn't want to do it. So he sabotaged his way out and uh, uh, judge said, hey, you'll always have a, like basically a place with me. 
Right. And he lived up to his word. He put him on King of the Hill. And he just loves the guy. They love it. They're just a great friends. Yeah. And so those two guys were locked in. But everyone else was kind of like, eh. But the studio started having these horrible notes. Dur- so, so the other thing, too, was he wanted to, he set this in Austin, Texas. Um, yes. So they shot it. It's not, the movie could be anywhere USA, but yes. it's, it's done in Austin, Texas. Right. And he did that to get away from the studio. He didn't want them breathing over their oh, necks. He must have known they were going to fucking yeah. challenge some shit. And he just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So he has it to go out there. But that really pissed the studio off because the Davies they're getting are now like a day late. And then they didn't like him. Yeah. Like the cast is ugly. They didn't like the guy that played Samir that he was ugly. They wanted him to wear a hairpiece. Oh, um, they had, uh, <laughs> they thought Ron Livingston, the lead was on drugs. Um, oh yeah. They said he didn't smile enough. Yes. They, yeah. There's no one in the cast. Smiled no enough. Like, uh, you know, that great scene. It's a great stuff. Just makes me laugh so hard. I don't know. I don't like this. I didn't say I didn't like it. Don't I think it's it good. This, on I guess. Yeah. Um, the birthday. Par- so they're having a, a birthday party for, uh, for Lumberg. Right. And like everyone just like half ass sings the song, like happy birthday. And like no one wants to be there. Everyone's miserable. And that is every birthday, office birthday party you go to. Do you know what my favorite part is? He gives uh, one of the lady, the ladies, the responsibility to cut the cake for everybody. And she, you could tell her like she's ticked. It's so funny. Right. 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 You have all these like little like sideways glances. It's all this passive aggressive (laughs) stuff. Everyone, no one wants to be there. Everyone does it out of some sort of ritual. Yeah. Um, And we're all like complicit. We've all done it. And no one really speaks up, but no one wants to do it. And, um, but the like, studio got that scene. They're like, we're looking at 40 miserable people. And Judge is like, yeah, yeah that's the point. That's what happens. It's, it's like, work is hell. Cute and hell, it, and yeah. they're just like, well, audience, how the audiences aren't going to know this is a comedy. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> and he's just like, you know what? Like, I don't know what to fucking say to you. Like, you don't respect your audience. Like, how am I going to even have this yeah. discussion with you? And so they were having all this fighting back and forth. And uh, like I said, they, they thought the cast was too ugly or stoned. Uh, they were upset that Judge wasn't listening to their notes. Judge was being super specific with how the office looked, which I think is perfect. He, oh, God, yeah. Um, he was even having fights with the prop people. The prop people kept putting up standard stuff to make a cubicle farm look lived in. So you have stuff on the wall, you know, stuff that makes sense. Right. Of course. You got the mug on the desk. You got some papers in some places. You got things tacked to the walls of the cubes. All that shit happens. And he's just like, fuck no. He's like, clear this shit out. These people, no one really wants to be there. And everyone just kind of is there like in their mind temporarily. So they don't want to like, and I'll tell you right now, I've had jobs like that in offices where I'm like, I don't really know if I'm going to be here long term. Dude, I was in a, you've done telemarketing. Yeah. I've done telemarketing for Aegis Lending for a fucking mortgage company. It looked like that. I mean, he's in a mill building, so that was different. But the cubes are the same. And no, I wasn't putting up Dude. pictures of my wife Fuck and no. fucking a plant. And no, me neither. Because it was like, this is not fun. I want to get the fuck out of here. This is here. not mine. Right. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, like, I'm an imposter. I don't belong yeah. here. I'm, yeah. This is temporary home. I kept telling myself yes. that when I, when I did uh, telemarketing before. And I was just like, this is a miserable existence. Right. To be here. And the only stuff I ever, I remember the only stuff I ever had tacked up was stuff that applied to work. Exactly. Passwords or, right. or yeah. yeah right. How that, to do stuff. Right. Stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or like a yeah, chain of command stuff. I would never have. Never. Anything. Cause I was so, and, the, and, he, and I didn't want them to know my, my shit either. I didn't want them to know my personal life. I didn't want to be friends with these motherfuckers. I never thought about it that like deeply. I was just like, I just didn't want any connect. I just wanted as little personal connection as possible. Yep. And judge was exactly right. So he went in there and he. He basically had to remove all that. He had to have a specific color of gray in there. Oh, God, yeah. And so he had all these kind of notes. And I think people, you know, you have some of these studio people, you know, these people, prop masters, stuff like that, maybe were bitching back home to the core studio in LA. Right. So they're getting some negative stuff back. They're not liking the dailies. They didn't like the cast. They don't like Judge, really. They don't, they don't really know where he's coming from. And, um. Oh, he's a cartoon director before this. Right. And it's only a movie that it only cost 10 million to make, but like, they were just like, I don't even want to fuck. They didn't, they didn't want to be in the Mike judge business very early on in this. Yeah. And, 
And it was just like a miserable experience. And it sounds like though, like the cast kept saying, like we didn't hear, we heard some notes every once in a while, but like not much. It ends up like Judge was just absorbing all all of the blasts. He was really protecting his his cast and his core crew um, from a lot of the stuff by kind of just like dealing with it. And it yeah. was driving. He was having like stomach. It was just driving uh. crazy. And um, it was a really. He's having panic attacks. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting kind of look on like how the studio system works. And he's like, he's like, it was the greatest thing in the world was going to Austin or else I don't know what this movie would have been. Oh my God. He also hated his own third act, which I don't hate. <sighs> I don't love it. That's, that's the part that, that really bothers me. He's sort of, <sighs> he, the fact that he finds meaning is tough for me. That he, that he finds meaning in a blue collar job and you don't see Anderson at the end of it. You do. No, uh, do well, you? He, well, not the very. I mean, no, they make you, up. But, yeah, I know they do. But that, that's what I mean, though. It's like now he's finding meaning in this blue in in this construction work, which is fine. There's meaning there, of course, but not in that. But the really the meaning should be the outside stuff. Should be the relationship stuff with Aniston, and you don't you don't really get that. It ends weird in the construction site. But this isn't a romance. This is a movie about. No, I know. This is a movie about work and about I what know, it means the whole thing is to kind of, work what it means to kind of sell your soul but it's still futile like the end is still futile they're just they're cleaning up the ashes of the place that burned but down he explains I mean, very clearly why he said he's like i'm outside i'm getting yeah, some exercise and for him that's like i would never want to do the job he ends up with that's, right. that it seems like a, i don't like being dirty i don't like any of that stuff so i would not like that but he explains and i totally buy what he's saying that that's a better fit for him yeah i don't know i don't love it i don't love the way that it ends oh i, I, I feel like he should always I I think it should she should transcend the work at that point. It should just not be about the work at all. The whole movie's about the work. I know, but it should be learned. Yes, but that's the problem. It's like these things we work, we have to work. That's the reality of the situation. We need to put food on the fucking table. But we need to like know that the stuff outside of the work is what's most important. That's not what the movie's about. The movie's not about because we never mentioned yeah. salary. It's not about no, it putting food on the table. It's about what it means to be part of something, a company in this in this case, or companies if you consider tchotchkes as well, in a tech or tchotchkes, something that just ha- is and is something that no one enjoys, no one wants to do. But we all kind of do it, and like no one's asking why, and no one and everyone just kind of part of this machine that is just so ugly and gross. But we're all kind of just cogs in it. Yeah, it's not. It's they never once mentioned pay. I think that's really important to note. It's interesting, and it's 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 not about providing. It's about selling our soul. Yeah, but and there's I mean, a reason why you sell a soul. Like, you got to do it to... But no, but why do you get a different job? Like, we don't know what his financial situation is. Like, obviously, this guy probably has to work, right, to, to survive, to pay well, bills. We know, and we know his friends there, Michael Bolton and uh, Samir, they, they have issues. Like, they, they're really upset that they're going to lose their job. Right, but they almost... See, they, right, they're, like, stressed out. But no one's like, I'm going to lose my house. Like, they really go out of their way not to make it so money is the... Obviously, yeah, the scam they run has to do with money. But that's just simply to provide almost, like... Well, then why are they there? It's just, like, to pass the time? No, no, they're there. No, no, no. They're there to make money. Yeah. But the making money isn't why the movie is so powerful. The, the, the reason the movie is so powerful is because the work itself is so soul crushing. Sure. And everything around it, the attitudes, the boss that like pretends to be your friend, but like just ask you to do stuff that you still have to do. Like that whole process, like, can you do this? Hey, man, like, hey, buddy, or yeah, yeah know, like, know, hey, yeah. do you mind coming on Saturday? Of course he minds. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I read an interesting piece, uh, article, I'm sorry, quote, it might have been in the best movie year ever, that book I always referenced, 1999 mm-hmm. movies. But Mike Judge, there's also a really good oral history in The Ringer about Office Space. I recommend that as well uh, if you're interested in Office Space stuff. Uh, 
but he was saying how like that passive aggressive baby boomer boss is the worst but he's like he liked bosses in the 50s it was like move your desk thank you or yeah you need to come out on saturday straight shooter just say what you want you need to come in on saturday we have to get stuff done yeah thanks yeah as opposed to yeah hey totally. do you mind and it's like it's like it's, it's a weird like dance we all do and it's like why are we doing this dance like what happened to us i, I really love those kind of questions and i love kind of like picking apart the things that we do as a society but yet we all hate but yet we all do i really that to me like that is my favorite kind of comedy low stakes comedy we talk about this with fletch yep how fletch was about murder and all this stuff and fletch is very funny but the funniest stuff in fletch isn't about the murder no it's, it's him chevy chase is being yeah. sarcastic right stuff. we didn't need all that shit the reason office base and groundhog day to me works so well is like it's picking apart little things that we do that we all hate and asking like why or yeah. like magnifying glass is like what are we doing here yeah i see that and that's my favorite comedy now uh, I do want to talk a little about The Office on NBC. Did you watch The Office on NBC? Yes, for a while. Okay. I don't think I watched the entire right, but series, but yes. It, 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 it yep. loses steam. Very like yep. The first three seasons, four seasons are quite good, yeah. and it, it falls apart. Yep. Um, and that is not about The Office. Like That is that is about them. It's about those characters. It really is. Pam and Jim and Michael Scott. Right. And uh, it's a very funny show. Those first three seasons are great. Really good. Like top tier not my favorite, but top tier TV comedy. Sure. For sure. Especially if it's time. Yep. But it's not about, it's not about working really. It's about, it's, it's, it's about their relationships. Yeah. Because they're place. all odd people in their own way. Right. It's yeah. like, Oh, you hope Pam and Jim. No. Uh, yeah. Get together. Get together. Right. And then you have like, you know, Ryan, you know, he has, you know, you have Michael Scott stuff yeah. and you're, you're kind of watching these characters. It's more about them. Well, this isn't really about the characters. It's about the mundane way they've all sold their soul. I see that. You couldn't make this a TV show because I think that would wear thin. You need to care about the characters in a TV show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't think that would have worked at all. I still, I still have the issue with if, if the, if, because he's just, he just goes to the mundane again. It's just outside. It's the same thing. It's not mundane to him though. It's mundane to you. No, I'm not saying that. I think it's mundane to him. He's just picking up a shovel putting the thing in and maybe he doesn't have the boss that's doing the same dance maybe that's the difference it's but it's It's no bullshit remember he says like has anyone ever said you aren't your job do you have a case to monday he's like fuck man you get your ass kicked something like this yes yes. um but that's what he wants he wants to get rid of that bullshit okay i guess it's the bullshit it's the veneer that he doesn't like yes and it's the thing with flair what does flair represent flair is a veneer veneer. yeah is that you know it's it's like you know do you want they have 15 but 15 still is enough like there's not enough veneer right at Chachi's. Yeah, no no you have to mean it that's why it's not about the number you have to mean it <laughs> yeah so not right it's it's like it's it's so great with that because all it's all about like i said it's nothing in this movie is really about money it, and, and uh it's about right it's about like, buying in buying in yeah and you know with the chat with the flare stuff it's like he really wanted her to care about the buttons that she wore each like she's like i just i just put i don't care i'll just dug my hand and the first 15 i wore you just tell me (laughs) tell me how many i should put on but it wasn't even the how many it was like i know know, that kid the other kid uh who run around who's like the the waiter 45 right and you know that he handpicked each one he's like this one speaks to him as a person but it's funny because judge couldn't judge what played the character or play the boss character there he could like that character couldn't even explain what it was right he didn't even he didn't even explain he's like see look at ryan over there he's got 45 uh pieces of flair yeah but really it's no we want you to buy in and express yourself like you need to believe it that's what he should have said that's what that's what he meant but he couldn't even articulate it well either. he couldn't because it was so intrinsic to him yes it was almost like trying to explain like why the sky is blue exactly it's you couldn't, like, right, you couldn't you know? see otherwise yeah right he's, and 
And it, 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 but you know, she was never going to buy in. Like no matter what happened, she was no, never going to buy in. Never have cared, and she was an authentic character where right. she was never going to say that she cared when she didn't. She was there for the paycheck, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I, I just, I, I cannot say enough. Great, it's my, it's going to be, it's a, uh, it's in my top twenty for sure. I think it's fourteenth. I checked. Uh, it's not the best comedy ever to me. It's probably Groundhog Day still because of some of the themes it hits and ghostbusters i i think i have above it too just because of you also don't have an all-time performance ron livingston's good but he's not bill murray good no it's true yeah no way gary cole so the supporting Gary's cast here though i would say very anybody. good but the supporting cast david groundhog herman, day is very good too and wait, david wait, wait. herman's great and groundhog day is this is, is better too. supporting cast yeah maybe there's more of them there's more it's of them. so great it's really good yeah i really like uh i i really do like michael bolton oh david herman's so good yeah why should I have to change, change my name? I mean, how about the, you know, the consultants, the Bobs? Oh, the Bobs like are McGinley, great. And you have Paul Wilson, who I know you didn't watch a lot of Cheers, but Paul Wilson was, um, the last like five seasons on Cheers, he became like a regular, he was like a regular on the show. He was, uh, when like Norman Cliff, he almost needed a third guy. He was the, he was the customer and he was great. He's a great improv comic. He's like one of the best improv comics of his time. Mm. And he came up with the Samir Naga 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 not going to work here anymore. That's right. That's improvised. I remember he improvised that. And, yeah. and like, like, but Paul Wilson is a incredibly talented guy. Yeah, the Bobs are great. Bobs are great. Uh, <laughs> you know, and like McGinley, obviously, we, you know, we see him later on Scrubs and see how funny he is. Uh, but that whole character, that you know, just that weird slimy guy. He does this weird thing with his tongue when he's like, he's going to give, uh, he's going to give uh, oh, yeah, Ron Livingston yeah, a promotion, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like, but it's, but it's like he's just. That's him, like this corny guy being edgy. It was, the suspenders, even what they were wearing. I love how Gary Cole is like the two tone collar and the shirt. All that stuff is like so pitch perfect to me, and I love little details like that. I I really eat up eat stuff up like that up. Like when it's really mocking the small tiny details. This movie really, for me, comedically, is as perfect as it gets. I don't. I literally can watch this movie and I'll laugh at just the clothes they wear. Like you could turn the volume off of this movie and I would just spend the whole time just laughing at the way it looks. The facial expressions they make, how people are just disgusted with each other. Yeah, like uh, there's a <laughs> when they're doing the um, when they're stealing the money from the company yes. and they're doing the disc exchange. Yes, 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 yes. David Herman um, puts in the USB or the flash drive in the computer, and then that woman who says uh, looks like you having a case on Mondays walks by. You don't hear <laughs> what she says, but she just says something to him, and he makes his face like she just like farted. Like she, like he is so dis- disgusted by her yep. presence. And like, I just think something like that is hysterical. I love that the file of the virus is called virus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like named it exactly what it was. That was, that was super funny to me. Uh, I, I really, and I just, and the Lumberg, the character of Lumberg to me is a top five comedic character ever. I, I can't believe you're not more on board. I think with he's this. good, but uh, I think it's just, I think he's been given a little bit. I think he's overrated. <laughs> so, so this is not going to hit your Steven top. Steven Root though. Oh, Milton. Yeah, so very good. good. Very good. So good. Fucking love that guy. Do you think Steve Root's better in this than Gary Cole is? I think so. I think he does a good job. He's good. I, I love Steve Root, of course, from News Radio. Very good. Yes. Um, so you think like Fletch. I like Gary Cole, too. Fletch is funnier than this. Gary Cole makes me laugh. Like even in something something like uh, Talladega Nights as the dad makes me laugh. Even like Brady Bunch. In the Brady, Brady Bunch, he makes me laugh. Yeah. He's super funny. He's really good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. So you think Fletch is better than this? You gave Fletch a B plus. Did I? Yeah. Fletch makes me laugh a lot. I love Chevy Chase, though. Damn. You're this, like, is, you really, this is way smarter. 
Way smarter. You think? I do think. Yeah, no shit, Matt. Uh, this is the A plus for me. A plus. A plus. A plus. Bullshit. It's a great comedy. You can't. You can't beat it. It's the funniest, be, you, funniest well, you movie I've ever seen. How do it's I not give it an A plus? A Groundhog Day is definitely better, and so is Ghostbusters. It's yeah, better. they're both better. Um, they're both better movies, I guess. I they probably are. Groundhog Day in particular probably yep. is because the themes it's hitting. Um, but this is a funnier movie. All right, B plus. This is a B plus. I gotta talk yeah, B you're plus. right. You're that. right. You're totally right. You're right. right. Yeah, I, I undersold. I undersold it. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I just didn't laugh as much. <sighs> it hit more. It hit more 20 years ago. So you me. think Goonies is like, this is the same level. We created as a family movie. Remember? Oh, I don't know about remember that. you? No, you're, you no, made I said rules. I want to give it. No, if it's family movies, it gets an A plus. If Goonies is a family movie, I'm giving an A plus. No, for what it's trying to do, it's a B plus. That satisfies every not everybody could watch right. this and like it. I mean, what oh, they Office did, Space or Goonies? Not everybody can watch Office Space and get it. Yeah, I agree. You're like, yeah, you, know, you have to be older. People probably wouldn't. Yeah, it has to be a certain certain demographic, certain right. age. Yeah, you have you really have to know the cubicle life. It's wild how well it aged. Yeah, it looks really good. Actually, it seems about it seems like, right. Other than the answering machine bit, like uh, yeah, and they didn't they weren't around with cell phones, right? Right, and there were no cell phones. But, but other that than that, it. like it's. Actually, offices haven't, which is terrifying. It is terrifying. The offices really haven't, like, you know. That even, management style hasn't really changed. No. It's like you make one mistake, you had eight bosses up your ass, which is I great. The TPS is, report. Great, yeah. Even little things, like, just so, like, uh, Gary Cole uh, Lundberg is like, you know, uh, next Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. So, and, like, and <laughs> so if he, you want to. But he, he pauses because he's hoping he's going to get a big reaction. Like, yeah. Like, woo. And everyone's just like fucking deathly silent. No, no one. one. Just, he's like, yeah. So, you know, you can, you can wear a Hawaiian shirt if you want. Pause. Still no reaction, and, and he says under breath, and even in jeans, like, but like none of it gets any reaction. None. It's and it, his it, birthday. Not nothing. nothing. Nothing he does. Everyone is miserable the whole Everybody time they're him. there. I just think it's all so perfect. I, I can't even. I can't. I can't. I don't even know what he does. He know what he is. Does he know yeah. he's that guy? Oh, he he, does. so he's an asshole. So like obviously, but like we really see who he is in his dealings with Milton. Yeah. Like he's like a, he's a really cruel person, super manipulative and like he's super mean. cruel and mean. Like the, you know, there's one thing to, it's one thing just to like fire Milton or like whatever, even though his paychecks went out, which is obviously <laughs> incredibly unethical to do. But like whatever, it's another thing to like know that he's basically a goner and then move his desk to the basement for no. That, like he just does it to fuck with him. Super cruel. Like he's like, he's a nasty. And there's a one moment where you see him get aggressive and he grabs the stapler from Milton's hand. That's right. And it's like oh shit, like. This is like, this is a guy that has some shit going on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's a super asshole, mean, mean motherfucker. Um, it's sort of like the the, I don't know, almost the anti Brazil, or it's just, it's almost it's very similar to Brazil, where it's it's like regulation and big and monolith, and you can't do anything about it, and you're stuck in this machine, but not not with not the flavor of all the like pipes and shit. Yeah, I like more the. See, uh, I, I haven't seen Brazil in a while. It, it, last time I saw it, I really did enjoy it. It was a long time ago. I just feel like the monolith. Like, you're stuck in this machine. You can't get the fuck out. Yeah, it's not with this. Yeah, I guess to some level. I guess it's, to me, you're right. I guess on its core, like, very, very, very base level it is. But to me, it's about, like, those details of, like, Brazil. And it's, they're, they're, like, they're re, just the re- relatability of it. Those are the things that, like, transcend this movie for me. Like, just, just how people just are so I don't say like downtrodden, but just like, just they give up. They give up. Like, it's just like a, a whole, well, I know who's the guy who got, who got hit by a fucking <laughs> truck and like, he, he felt so lucky. 
Yes. Like, I don't have to do this anymore. Right, right. I'm fucking paralyzed. Right. And he was the happiest guy in the movie. <laughs> he was. Like, little stuff like that is so great. Uh, yeah, every, yeah, anyone who's, like, deeply entrenched in that world is just utterly and absolutely miserable. They are. With the exception, maybe, of Samir, who seems to, just, who seems to appreciate it more, only because he grew up with what seems to be in a very difficult circumstance. Right. So he doesn't hate it as much. He still does kind of hate it a little bit, though. No, but he does say, you're a bad person, Peter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I, and he means yeah. it. And he means it. Like yeah. He, and I, I could see from his perspective why he would think that. I don't think Peter is a bad person, but I, I don't think he's necessarily a good person. I, he feels very neutral to me. Well, I think he has a point. Totally. Peter Gibbons is neutral. I have, I mean, I, you know, if anyone has been in a job you don't like and they give their two weeks notice, it does feel like Peter is gutting the fish. Like you bring the, yes. like you just don't give a shit. You're like yes. whatever, man. Yes. Like I don't give a fuck. Knocks like, all over. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like I, I'm lucky where the you know early part of my life I definitely worked some jobs I didn't like or didn't love. We talked about in the lost years. This is a lost year. I have quite a story for you later on. Um, but uh, like even corporate America, I don't know if it's the best fit for me. Always, I mean, I'll go back and do it if I needed the money, I guess. But uh, but like I intentionally went out and like look for a job this time that would be a against you know since the pandemic i had a lot of thinking i'm like do i want to go back into that world again i really don't i want to do something more fulfilling something that's gonna and i'm lucky enough in a position where financially where i can do that where i can take a pretty big pay cut and do something that's gonna emotionally bring you some gratification because i've done luckily i said the jobs i've had haven't been soulless like this in in a long time but there is still an element of like even the companies that i've really liked there are elements of the corporate speak from the superior that I just can't handle. Like I, I see right through that and I can't, I can't do it either. It's not, it's not a fit for me. Corporate life's not a fit for me. No. Any big organization, any big company. Cause I'm just not that guy. I don't conform. Well, I guess is maybe what it is, which puts both of us in kind of a bad spot. It does. We don't have any real like trade skills. Yeah, exactly. So, and if we're not going to conform to offices, it puts us in a, in a tight bind a little bit. It does. Yeah. Um, right. If you want to use your mind for, for your vocation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think people, I, I don't know if I use it that way. I think that's a white collar. Only, on only your mind, I'm saying. Yeah, only, I guess. Uh, sitting at a desk. Yeah, I think, right. They're just like having, yeah, right. More that like, you know, pushing papers type. Yeah, I don't mean that at all. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Like I've got buddies who do construction, who build yeah, shit like for a living. Are super smart. Right, exactly. Super smart. Yeah. They see the angles, like they see shit that right. I would never see. But uh, I just mean, no, not a physical Right, I, I mean, I have no, I have no interest or ability in anything at all no. to do with like welding or construction or any of those kind of no. jobs i just i just can't do them um so, so right so if you can't conform right and you can't do that stuff then what the fuck do you do right so i'm Start I, I say, you know, lucky enough i'm i'm, I'm in a, uh, a different but like 10 years ago i mean 10 years ago i just i, I just sucked it up and went to work i mean i just you yeah, know, exactly I went and did jobs that i maybe didn't uh that i that i didn't hate doing but did it did them for the money you know i definitely you know and uh that's why i went you know i did sales for 15 years. I hated school though. I didn't want to sit at a desk all day either. Like sit at a desk that I was forced to sit at. I don't, I don't want to sit in a cubicle. No, that I was forced to sit right. The whole thing right. is miserable. Like, even if you're paying me for it, I don't, I, it's still torture. I feel like at least with school though, there's a bit more honesty, even not among the teachers, but maybe among your peers where I feel like we're all kind of living a lie in an office. I can see that to some extent. And, uh, and you just question the motives, not, not like motives, like why we're like, like why are we here like, why are we realer. doing this and like why are we all okay with birthday parties like that no one wants to be at? why are we all okay with all the stuff that goes on we all just like suck it up and sit there silently I, and I, i'm i'm complicit 
But I'm like, uh, you know, you're watching it, you're like, why are we all, why is this all good for, and you know what's happening, you know, finally now, I know it has to do, it has a lot more to do with money than anything else, but you're seeing these workers, like, be like, you know, I'm not going to work for $15 an hour, $17 an hour. Right. You see people like me and you choose jobs that are definitely unconventional jobs <laughs> because yes. we are looking for things that are outside with the, you know, so the, you starting to see people make different choices. I don't know if this is temporary, if this is a post pandemic temporary haze we're all in and maybe we're all kind of snap right back into the conformity in five maybe, years, maybe, maybe, or if this is the new norm, but there's definitely something going on right now. I sort of see it. Hopefully the future looks like this. You're all your own independent contractor and you do the jobs that you want to do. Like the internet really allows us to do that. If you have a skill set, doesn't mean that you have to do it for one company. You could do it for multiple. Well, they bring this up in the movie and they make a good point though. I don't know if that's the best thing because he says like the idea, ideal job is what you do if you had a million dollars and you could yeah, basically yeah. nothing. Yep. And he's like, well, then no one's going to, you know, clean toilets because no one, no one's dream job is to clean toilets. So toilets just get dirty everywhere. Well, maybe the, but if we don't have an office place, then we only have to clean our own toilet, mm. which is way better. That's way more palatable than going to some sort well, we of, we still have to bring, we still have to have like, place of commerce yeah you're right you're right you're right it doesn't doesn't work that way i mean you're lucky you know if you're in a situation right now and i'm very blessed and uh, matt is too or you can kind of have some more choice with jobs and hopefully if you're listening to this you you have this if not if you're younger too or maybe you're not even not younger and you are older and you haven't had that choice just work you know hopefully you'll you know be there because i i I was there and it was it sucks it sucks sucks to feel trapped it does it's nothing that nothing worse and i this movie really embodies that now i've been trapped before at work and a movie like this is is so cathartic because it's like, all right, cool. Other people are going through the same shit I'm going through. Other people are finding the same misery and the same things I am. Because otherwise, you know, am I the only one who hates this birthday party? Exactly. And am we I, wouldn't have this art for it. Wouldn't this wouldn't exist if if this wasn't common for a lot of people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie is fantastic. Great movie. A plus. Matt's, plus. Matt's a complete fool. I'm not a complete fool. B plus is pretty. Good Matt's movie. half a fool. Uh, <laughs> a plus. Uh, if you haven't seen it, see it. You if should you, definitely see it. And if you have seen it, see it again. It holds up. It's really good. Yeah, it holds Great. up. What is uh, we ever? Anything else? Shit. Well, maybe we'll do the music. Oh, motherfucker. Before we do that, let's talk two tours. Oh, let's talk two tours. It's a perfect segue. Uh, two tours is your one stop shop for gummies, which I love. I eat the gummies. You're, you're sad? Eat the gummies? I'm not going to say you are 100% going to get happy, but I'll tell you right now, when, I have a, when I'm sad, I have a gummy. You do feel better, don't I you? I feel better. Yeah. So for me, personally... Eat the gummies, be happy. Yeah, that happens to me. It does happen to you. Eat the gummies, I'm happy. And you're never happy. So this is like, this is a this is I'm a never happy deal. talking to you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I, I said that in my mind before. I said, I'm like, this is cruel, but yeah. I said it anyway, yeah, I which I like I about me. Uh, you love <laughs> the sugar. I do love the sugar. I love the salve. I, I, yeah, great company. They just opened a retail spot too. In Tennessee, if in you're Tennessee. in Tennessee. Yeah. I uh, wish we were down there. I would totally visit them. Yeah. Oh man. If I'm ever, yeah. If I'm, I, I, I mean, it's well, hard to find yourself in Tennessee. Fucking pandemics. Once this thing's like, that. you know, everyone's traveling like crazy right now too. On top yeah, of they it. are. So we're, yep. you know, Laura and I, we're going to Maine. We're going to New York city for, we've got a bunch of stuff going on, uh, the next month. Uh, but you know, I was trying to, so I'm trying to board my dog. Oh, and, right. Oh my God. Like every place was booked. Luckily we, we, we are, we were on a waiting list. And Is that, we, we that was in. the issue. It wasn't that, uh, Melfi was a bad dog. It was that no, there was a waiting list. No, no, Melfi's a great dog. Yeah. Everyone knows Melfi. Melfi's right. like, Melfi's very popular. She's a golden retriever and just like super old. sweet. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. she's, she has a lot of energy. Don't get me wrong. She's actually crazy, but she's a very sweet everywhere. Yeah, she goes, very she's sweet. Yes. No. So her regular place was booked up. Oh, shit. Like two of the times we're going to go away. It's like, fuck. 
so uh, we were able to uh, to get, thank God, we were able to get her into to a place that I was very happy to get her into, but we were on a waiting list and we were definitely were nervous about that. Uh, but like it, people traveling like crazy right now. So I guess if you want these people traveling like crazy, go to Tennessee, you can go into the- Visit their retail you can, location. You can meet them. I know, I know their hands. I know Nick. Uh, I never met him, but I talked to him all the time. He's a great guy. Yeah. They seem like great guys. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but obviously if you're not in Tennessee- uh doors.com yeah two doors.com code word qw you get 10 percent off delivered right to your door and i know and free shipping and free shipping everybody who taught everybody says to tons of people say to us we love this product yeah i know i've heard i've saw some people online been like well i've had gummies before are these gonna do the trick i i don't maybe are you i have i swear i swear on it's not just you what is this the roadcaster i'm gonna put my hand on uh, the whole roadcaster roadcaster uh that Everyone who says that, who gets them, is like, no, these are good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No shit. I have not heard anybody say anything bad about these things. They've only said they've, they've loved them. They love the gummies in particular. They're great. They're great. They they're, taste good. They taste really good. And they, I, 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 they are, they are our favorite sponsor. Oh, without a doubt. And the big reason why is I genuinely love their product. I genuinely love the gummies. I mean, we're their best podcast, honestly. I don't know. No, that's true. Uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty, doing this we're pretty awesome. That's what you do. We're, we're doing what I do. I'm what just saying do? we're both we're both awesome. All right. Two tours all right. and Quantum Week together. All right. It's it's a match. <sighs> two tours.com. I wonder if the two tours guys ever, I wonder if like, Nick ever gets sick of the other guy. No. Like, I get sick of you. No, no, no. Oh, you don't, you never get sick of me. Stuff like that. It's like, oh, God. What do you mean? Corny. I got. It's like, uh, we're pumping their tires. They're pumping our tires. It's a great match. Two tours.com. Code word QW. 10% off, free shipping. I'll put it this way. Guys, the gummies, they're better than Matt. That's bullshit. No one's better than Matt. <laughs> the gummies are. The gummies are pretty damn good. They're really good. All right, two tours. Believe by Cher. The crazy thing about Cher is her first number one hit was when she was 19 years old in 1965. 34 years later, she has number one hit with Believe. She has 22 albums at this point in her life. Sonny Bono and Cher together. Sonny and Cher. How many albums do you think they sold? Oh. uh, Short span, like two or three years. Eight million. 40 million. 40 million? They had their own TV show. I guess they really were. 40 million. 40 fucking million. Just She's two like, of them? She, yes. And then her on her own, how many albums? Christ. I'd say 30. 100 million fucking albums. Oh this this woman has sold 140 million albums. Did she win an Oscar for Moonlight? Yes. Uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, sorry. Yes. Did, yeah. I mean, this song is a throwaway piece of shit song. Fine. But she, I love Cher. Cher is so awesome. She's lived such a great life. 22 fucking albums, 140 million fucking records sold. It's so Oscar. It's, so it's crazy. Weird. Okay, so I think I like Cher, the person and the actress more than the singer. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. I, I, I always root for Cher. I'm I like, root oh, for Cher. Cher seems cool. Yes. Um, and like, she's so good in Mask. She's so good in Moonstruck. Yes. Um, great actor. Great. But, yeah, she is. Legitimately like, great yes. actress. Um, and then, no, but I was looking, it's, the reason I went so low on those numbers, I looked through like her hits 
And, uh, you know, there's some obviously in there that you would definitely recognize or, you know, that are just real obvious. Sure. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Beatles level hits. Yep. But then most of it, honestly, is stuff that, I don't know. I don't, in my world, I don't really hear much. A lot of it was from before our time or early in our life. Yeah, but we we like older music. I know, but there were 86 charting songs. 86. She has four number one hits. Like, where is this stuff being? I don't know. Where is this stuff played? I mean, I know she's big with the uh, LGBTQ community. Yeah, 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 of course. So, like, I, you know, there might be, but, like, you But that's know, not enough of a demo to get to the stratosphere. But, like, Lady Gaga in. is, too, and, like, I still know and love a lot of her music, so I don't really know what the... I don't where know. Where is the share? Like, where is this... Like you said, Sunny and Cher, you know, the... Um, oh, my God, I'm flaking. What's their big hit? Um, uh, From Ground Doom, 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 do, do, doom, do, do. Uh, the beat goes on, of course. Yeah. No, well, no, I guess that one, but, um... Oh, wait, 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 what, what was her, their big one was, uh... Oh I Got You, Babe, of course. Yes, oh those God, two sorry. are two numbers. Right, so yes. those two are obviously, you know, super huge. Huge. And obviously you could go through, you recognize some of those, but you, but you wouldn't think that that's enough to sell... You wouldn't. 40 million. And I wouldn't think her solo stuff, which obviously you have some hits there, Gypsies, yes. Cramps, and Thieves, and some other ones yep. in there. And Believe, you know, which is, you know, a pretty big monster hit. Oh, it was 11 million sold. I mean, it was yeah. huge. Yeah, I mean, huge hit. But, so you definitely have, like, but if you go, through, you're like, this isn't someone who sold 100 million. No, 140 million. I mean, it's, it I is mean, yeah. nuts. I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, what a what a ridiculous career. She, I, I don't know, is there any human, female, is there any human who's had a career like hers? If you think about the movies, you think about the music. I can't. I couldn't think of anybody. No one's crossed Madonna over. Madonna like tried. It didn't work. But no, it didn't she work in the movies. She can't act. Not like Cher. Cher is legitimately a great actor. She's so good. Yeah. And she has a great voice. I mean, her songs are not my favorite songs, but she has a great voice. She's very talented. It's a unique voice. What? It's a unique voice. It's unique, but it, she also has tremendous control. Mm. She, she has a very talented voice. She's got a very good voice. I was like, all right, you know, we're like not like Aretha Franklin. She's not like diva level, but she's yeah. not that far off. I was going through. I was like, all right, well, you know, I was looking through. I'm like, I don't, I don't really, not really familiar with a ton of the share library here. I'll, I'll look no, through it. Yeah. My like, yeah, this stuff isn't really for me. No, it's not for us. Not like, for I don't me. really like it. No, I don't really I mean, like it either. I like, like in the V goes on. I like some of the sunny and It's like more like, oh, like nostalgic, like, oh, or whatever. Like, oh, it's kind of. She did that Bang Bang song too. I know that was, um. That was, ah, uh, Patty. She covered it. That was a big hit for her. She had a lot of, um, she, she, she did a lot in the early, in the, her early days, but she was so young with Sonny and Cher, 19, 20, 21 years old. And they had, oh, oh, like plus, a 50 year. They had like a, like a top TV show. The Sonny and Cher Variety That's Hour, right. I think is what it's called. Yes. Was a monster hit. Yes. Like, you know, it didn't last a super long time. They got divorced and everything, but like, but for a couple of seasons, that was like one of the biggest. It's huge. So she had, she had, you know, obviously number one album after number one album. She had one of the biggest TV shows ever and yep. she's won an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know of any, yeah. like who else has had that career? I can't, I couldn't think of anybody. Not only that, but we haven't even talked, you know, it's definitely lower than the list. And, but like she's had like super long residencies in Vegas a couple of times. Exactly. That puts from all, from all accounts, puts on an amazing concert. Yes. A great show. It really entertains a lot of people. I would certainly go see her. Yeah, of course. Maybe not. I mean, she's 75 now, but you know, but when this was coming out in, oh, in 1999, totally, yeah. of course she's in her fifties at this point and right. she's competing with Aguilera and competing with all the other divas. I heard, like this, song the young divas. I heard this song in dance clubs. Yes. Like back, you know, so you think that's pretty, you know, to have it still be relevant when you're I in know, your fifties, pretty she, good. She's actually the, I think she's the oldest female, um, pop star to hit number one. Oh wow. Yeah. Huh? On the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? The hot 100. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I just couldn't. It's it's unbelievable. When you think about it, it's unbelievable her career. Yeah, I just don't really love her music. And the other thing is, she this song changed music. Yeah. I mean, I, so I play, normally I play the chorus because that's what, what people, um, people get, but I, I played the verse into the chorus because I wanted y'all to hear the, um, the share effect. <laughs> like, you know, the, now it's commonly known as the share effect, and that is the Antares uh, pitch correction that is now all over popular music. Um, and it's that, you know, that computerized sound. It's different than a vocoder, but that computerized pitched uh sound that you get uh and I, I, i'm gonna hit it again just so you can uh just so you can hear it but here's the listener of voice flips right it flips so that that that's pitch correction that uh we didn't have that but that, that was developed in 1997 just before like a year before the song was right. created in fact the producers of this song lied and said that it was a, uh, an effect pedal, a Digitech effect pedal, because they didn't want to tell anybody else how they did it so they would steal the sound. Now, of oh. course, people found out anyway. Oh, wow. So what happened was um, the, this guy named Andy Hillebrand, he's a PhD, he was an audio engineer. He figured out, it's super complicated to pitch correct vocals because there's just, it's just this giant math problem to make it happen. This big algorithm to make it happen, to analyze the sound well enough and reproduce the sound well enough so that it doesn't sound horrible, absolutely horrible, even worse than that. And, uh, and so he figured out a way to really simplify the math, the mathematical equation and create uh, pitch correction for this company called Antares, which is kind of the industry standard in pitch correction today. Oh, wow. Now the way that he created it, it was to not sound like that. It was to make minute adjustments so that you so like it wasn't noticeable so that it it's wasn't like noticeable. average listener like joe and, and in fact that's how, like everybody uses pitch correct people say they don't but everybody uses pitch correction now not so that it sounds like an effect i mean people do use it as effect as you know it's all over pop music but just to um just to like you know bump the pitch in the right direction a little bit i use it on all my material too you can't you can't discern it if you do it the right way. Okay. But they turned it to a fucking 11. Like yeah. they turned it all the way up because they're like, oh, this is an interesting new sound. No one else is doing this. So, you know, this kind of sounds interesting and new. Here we go. And I mean, it, it became a fucking sensation. It was obviously okay. the number one hit. So Cynic and Me yeah. says, all right, you got a 50 plus year old pop star yeah. who has had a very long voice. Everyone's really familiar with their voice. Hey, you know how it goes. You know, get a little tired. Fifties, fifties, getting old, voices getting a little rougher. I hear this, and I'm thinking, oh, they're doing this because your voice is shot. Is that is that why, or did she just happen to find the right? Like, did they just want to use this tool on someone? Producers, because if I'm a share, wouldn't have wanted them to do this. Producers look for a new sound. They wanna they wanna find a new sound that no one else has done before. They want to be unique because if they find something that's unique, it'll hit. Like it could hit. If because people get used to the same sound, you know, people sure. listen to Ska had a sh- uh, short synth in the 80s. Yes, yeah, synth in the 80s. Grunge had a short shelf life, right? Because we just got used to the sound. All the bands started to sound the same. And then we're like, okay, we're tired of that. And, it, and we move on. Right. So producers are always looking for a new sound. And this was something that no one ever fucking heard before. Similar to a vocoder, but different. And so, no, I think they were like, let's do this. Because if you, here's, here's her uh, chorus. She, she's not affected on the chorus. You're gonna be the only one, oh, 
That's her. And she sounds, she sounds great. great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I asked that question with a, with a little bit of, I don't say bullshit, but a little bit of kind of knew the answer. But I was, I was curious about your take on it. Because part of me is like, all right, well, if that is the case, if they're using this as a voice shot, yeah. then how is she doing these major Vegas shows? I guess you could always lip sync too there, though. But, like, but it wasn't like yeah. she stopped performing. No. Like she was doing these was pretty doing heavy-duty residency stuff after this. She has the chops. She has a really strong, good voice with a lot of control like she she's a good singer so i but you, you see what i mean though if you're, her, if you're her though you're like i don't know if, maybe try that experiment on someone new like why are you fucking with my song i think they were saying listen i don't know if they had this conversation but if i if i were the producer i would say it in a delicate way but listen like you're competing with people who are 30 years younger than you yeah or you know 25 years younger than you um we like let's do something the, the song itself is really nothing it's this pop song it's kind of it's 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 a very generic pop song the thing that makes this thing pop or different i don't like it but the thing that makes it different is that sound and no one had it i mean i give them i give everyone credit i give the producer credit i give share credit for like un, for being well, once again talk about how smart she is super smart. you know she's in you know with sunny and share and then yeah. she does you know a tv show and she's doing movies she's doing yeah. her solo career like she's you know, for a good chunk of the 20th century, she was always one step ahead. This is like Eddie Van Halen tapping and he would turn his back to the audience so people wouldn't see how he was doing it. But that sound is so unique and different. Uh, and he, you know, he wasn't the innovator. It wasn't the first person to, to tap on a, on a guitar. What but, does that mean to tap on a guitar? Oh, um, you should watch Eddie Van Halen solo sometime. He's, um, he's not playing with a pick a lot of times. He is tapping on the frets of the guitar with his left hand and his right hand. So he's, he he can do super quick stuff that can sounds super melodic. Yeah, I mean, I don't do it well because I've never really practiced the technique. Other people have done it before him, but no one to that level. He's he's super why smooth. Just, why do people? Why do people even have picks? Um. Well, you could play. You could finger pick uh, with your hands, but no pick has a has a certain strike to it. And um, when, comp is like how you play chords in time and rhythm. You can do some interesting stuff with a pick and like a palm mute. I, I vastly prefer playing with a pick. Just when he would solo, he'd still have a pick in his hand, but he would tap with mm. his other fingers on the like top part of the fretboard. And it's it's kind of like, what's a good example of this? It's almost like playing a, more of a piano at that point because you're playing note. You're playing the, when you have a pick, you're strumming the strings, but you're not playing notes with your right hand. But if you're, if you are tapping, you're playing notes with your left hand and your right hand at the same time. So now you're all over the fingerboard and you can do these really like big, almost classical sounding arpeggiation. So you're, 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 um, you're like, you're striking out the chord with both hands. It's, it's, it's a really cool thing. You, you should watch him sometime, watch him do a solo. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see, but a ton of people, uh, took that technique later on like steve eyes you know there's there's a ton of people who can who can do it now but it's very similar in that way where it's this new thing no one really knew what it was so then it was really you know innovative and interesting to people sure and the sound was interesting um so the cool the and the way that you experience it with her singing it is in the portamento it's when we sing when humans sing it's really hard to hit the note dead on balls all the time like you always kind of you know, swoop into it a little bit or swoop down into it a little bit. Like you're not going to just, ah, uh, it's almost like, ah, uh, right. There's a lot of like a little bit of a, ah, uh, okay. yeah. and slide into it a little bit. Right, I just right. embellish it a bit. That's where you're hearing the effect of the Antares is it, it, it forces that portamento instead of it being a, ah, uh, it forces it right to the note. And so you hear it flip up is, is kind of how you experience it. Um, and it is a cool effect and you hear it all over pop and all over rock now. Um, there you go. 
but it's way over affected. Like I, you, it's super imp- when <sighs> studio time is very expensive. And so if you think even in the nine, in the late nineties, when this happened, 1998, 99, when this happened, there were digital audio workstations like what I used to record. It wasn't as prevalent. It was really expensive. So most people were in studios. So the idea of having something that would correct pitch would save time in the studio because say some singer has this awesome take, but they're just a little off on one little section. You just take the five minutes to pitch correct it just a little bit. And then you don't, you're not, you know, paying another $500 an hour in the, in the studio to correct it, to have this person do another bunch of takes super like it's a great tool. Um, but this really exposes as a, as a, like as a, as an effect that people are seeking out. So we don't like the song. No, I think the song's not good. It's I'm just a give it, standard. I'm going to give it a C minus. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's very generic. Yeah. It's just, it started a movement. I mean, yeah, of course. Right. This is like, yeah, now everybody, everybody uses this thing now. Um, as an effect, not just as the, as the tool to pitch correct. Right. So I think, I think that's pretty much it. I, there was a backlash afterwards too, like a no pitch correct. Christina Aguilera would say things like, oh, you're, you know, you're a shitty musician. If you use, pitch. no, everybody uses it. It's funny. Cause I think they did a movie together. So a few yeah, years I, later, I so think that, it must I think have passed so. these up. Plus I'm sure she uses it now. Everybody uses it. You, yeah. you just, you do because like you smooth things out. It, it allows you to affect the wave of the voice. Like the, the voice looks like a, it, it looks like a wave and you can, and there are harsh edges and, and you do part of the harsh edges is edges are the character of, of the voice, but part of it just doesn't mix well in the rest of the song. And so it's just a good way of kind of evening it out a little bit. Um, everybody uses it. It's, it's super important. There you go. Pitch right. correction. Share. Okay. So wash years. Yeah. All right. Did you know that I worked at a different fast food place besides McDonald's during the wash years? <laughs> Fuck no. You did? You did a tour? So uh, it, <laughs> I'll tell you the story of how I worked at KFC and a little behind the scenes stuff at KFC. Uh-oh. Um, so if you have any questions along the way, we can we can tackle those too. Oh, good. Um, so uh, in... Around October of 98, I was a member of Matt McDonald's. Uh, I, this is, if you, in case you're newer to the show, Lost Years is a time between May 97 and December 99 where I was not in college. It took like two and a half years to kind of just figure things out. I was kind of a mess. And I worked most of the time at McDonald's. I just basically just kind of like wasted two and a half years of my life. Not um, just here either. You went to McDonald's in like Arizona and shit too, right? No, 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 oh, no. I thought you no, did both. No, no, okay. No, no, you no. didn't travel to McDonald's. I okay. did. I did go to Arizona for like a, a couple like long stretches, but I didn't work. You didn't there. work there. Okay. No, no. The only McDonald's I did was, at, was the one in Newington, Newington, New Hampshire. Very nice. So I'm working there. Uh, and, uh, we had a family friend that was like the, basically the, like the, not the store manager at KFC, but like the guy below it at the one in Portsmouth. Yeah. And he came by and basically like post me. He's like, you know, I talked before how at McDonald's, I was really frustrated. I wasn't like, they wouldn't give me any managerial positions. Like yeah. I was basically, they gave me like the, uh, like the Saturday morning shift. I got to run that, which is basically like them calling my bluff. Be like, well, there's no way this guy's going to want to work Saturday morning because it ruins his kind of whole weekend. Like right. he can't go out Friday night because he's got to be here at like 4 a.m. to open up the store or 5 a.m. to open up the store. It's going to be too tired Saturday night. Right. So, but I'm like, oh, I'll do it. You fuckers. Like, yeah, like, more out of its sheer uh, stubbornness than anything else. So I'm pretty miserable there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, I called their bluff. It's still not getting me anywhere. And I also didn't like, I was just, 
I was just really just miserable and I was starting to get like angry. And like, that's a big reason they shouldn't have promoted me. I was just like angry young guy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, meanwhile, you know, keep in mind, I'm, where am I? I'm 19 years old. Uh, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So this, uh, this family friend comes by and basically says, listen, you come work with me at KFC. We'll make you a manager instantly. Grass I think, you know what? That sounds fucking great. I'm done with this place anyway. So, uh, McDonald's is pissed. They actually came like they were more not mad. They lost me. They think they just want to cut this poaching shit in the bud. I think they were afraid I was oh, going to start poaching people see, too. And so they definitely like, weren't, there was like some bad words exchanged between like upper management, KFC, upper management, McDonald's about this. <laughs> wow. Not because of me, just because of the, the action that took place. So I get there and it was, uh, it was tough because like, you know, I'm instantly a manager, but like no one respects me because they're like, oh, we've been here you're for years. 19 year old kid. Yeah. But also I wasn't there. I just didn't have yes. all 19 year old kids too, basically. But like, yeah. but it's like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? I just come in here and be the manager. Like, just like I would have reacted the same way if someone was a manager at McDonald's when I was at. Sure. So, um, and, kfc fucking sucks to work at it fucking sucks mm. so like um chicken is hard to make the okay the chicken at kfc is fresh is I'm, gonna, really? I'm gonna say some stuff about kfc that's not fresh in this <laughs> okay but, but the chicken itself actually is ridiculously fresh like it comes it's you know they're famous of course the and i'm talking about the actual like chicken you fry not the strips whatever but the actual chicken you fry. Yeah. Uh, remember, I'm working there in 1999. Things have changed, but I don't think so because I've had it since then. It doesn't doesn't taste any different. It works the same. But you have the you have the drumstick, you have the thigh, you have the breast, and you have the wing. Yep. Um. And what happens is it's all it comes in like blue tubs, but the, it's and it's it's fresh and chicken to keep fresh is actually quite hard to do because yes. it, it can spoil quite easily. Yes. Yes. So yes. Amelia goes in like this walk-in refrigerator, and they have a really logical and well thought out system to make sure that the oldest stuff gets out first. Yeah, but it's actually like really well done, like the the structure and organized really well. And I worked at KFC for six months. I never once encountered a rotten piece of chicken. Oh wow, which is actually pretty good. That is awesome. Yeah, and not frozen. Remember, McDonald's hamburger; those patties are like hockey discs or yeah, hockey pucks, right? Or like you know frisbees. Like you know, yeah. you could like you could bang it on a table, you'd hear it. So it's those aren't going to go bad, right? But like you know, for chicken, fresh like fresh chicken can for unfrozen. Chicken. So you get it, and this is the process that was it ruined my life for six months. So you get the chicken and then you, uh, how it works is you then put it in a big bucket of, uh, you put like basically like, I don't know, say eight pieces or four pieces say you put it into this basket. The basket goes in water. You then take the basket out of the water and you dump it into a tub is the only way I can describe it. I would say it was maybe, uh, like two and a half feet wide by like two feet tall, like a bus bucket. I guess you know what I mean? like a bucket, like a yeah. bucket, like, like a, you would clear a table, clear like a tub. You'd find it like Walmart yeah. or something, but like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. only it was like steel, you know, but it wasn't plastic, but right. And in that was all the seasoning. Sure. Okay. So you have like the, you know, the herbs and spices for the, uh, for the original and you have a different one for extra crispy and, um, you dump it in there and then you just, you got to like basically make sure that the seasoning, uh, enraptures the chicken, right? Covers the entire chicken. And then you put it into this like basket, uh, where you put, you know, leg, you know, the four pieces on each have its own row. Right. And then by the, you know, by the end of four rows, uh, then you can then put it into the fryer. But that process of seasoning it, it is the messiest, nastiest thing ever because the chicken's all wet. So it's almost like it becomes like, um, like glue, like a paste. It's like a paste. Right. And like, I made the mistake of like wearing my, like the same shoes I wore at McDonald's for like six months. 
and I wore them. The first day, they'd ruin. They're like, no, you can't wear shoes a day. You have to wear different kind of shoes because, like, it would get on your fucking clothes. Oh, man. And I'm someone that can't handle being messy. No. I freak the fuck out. No. And, like, it was like, it would be in your finger. You go home from yes. work, and it would be in your fingernails. It was, like, fucking everywhere. And it really was like, it was like paste. It really was. Yeah. It was like a paste. And it was like, so then you then put it into the, um, into the fryer. Yes. Um, and, uh, you press a timer and then the timer goes and you take it out and you put, then when it's done frying, you then put it into these racks. The racks are quite, the racks are like, I don't know, like two feet, more than that, maybe like three, three feet wide, uh, by like a foot. I don't mean three by two. It was, the racks are huge. If you go to a KFC, you'll see this like giant, like right behind the register. This is like giant, like what's like almost like a refrigerator. It's not a refrigerator, but it's, it's just like a giant. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Thing, and it's like, but each of those things, each that thing is like seven feet tall, and it's just racks of chicken. Right. So like, here's like a quick tip: don't go order KFC late at night because what happens is at like five or six o'clock at night, you're making all your chicken for the day. Because the process, because then you start to clean up. And the first thing you're cleaning, obviously, is this area I described because it's the messiest one. Right. So, like, you know, a lot of times you may have gone to KFC later on. like, oh, can I get a breast? Like, oh, sorry, we're all out. Because, like, they've literally cooked their amount for the day. Yeah. But the problem is if you go to KFC late at night, whatever you get has been sitting there for the at shit. least three, four hours. Probably, you know, if, if they had a slow day, maybe it's since lunch. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to take them out, but no one does. Yeah, right. Because it's not really even time. He's throwing the rack in there, next rack, next rack, next rack. But the process is awful. So and then you so then every night you gotta clean the fryer. Oh yeah. And I've they're done not this. they're not fryers like the McDonald's fryer is different. Like I remember like you'd have to like I don't think clean it every day or not, or do it every week or something, because it's not chicken, you don't have to do it all the time. But that process was messing. Like we had like a special janitor that would handle that. Okay. Like every McDonald's has like a special janitor that comes in late at night and handles some of this weird stuff that you just don't touch as a crew person. Did you have to put in this big square thing of fat? The fat, right. The fat goes oh in. God. But the worst part is, so then when you, you take the fat out every night and you get this like little like, uh, like, uh, let me call it like a, um, if you're doing like duck work, if you have like a, a paint. A trowel. Or yeah, a, yeah. Is that what a trowel? A trowel, yeah. yeah. You get this trowel and you're scooping yeah. out. This stuff. But the problem is the fryer is like, it's fucking hot. Yes. You would burn your hand like every night. Like, like I don't care how careful you were, you would burn your hand on one, because you cast the wrong side. Like, yes. Ah. But I, I cannot emphasize enough how horrible it was to do the um, the flour. It was just the flour. It ruined. To the point now where if I have flour at my house, I freak out. Like I still have like PTSD from KFC. Yes. So um, that was the fresh part. And here's the part that people might not like. Oh. I have two. So I'll tell the nicer story or nicer part first. So the mashed potatoes are not not fresh. No, way. no. I mean, they don't taste like it. It doesn't comes not. in like a big bag of, of like yes. powder or whatever. And Add you, water. You add water. It's in this big industrial yeah, blender. That's what it tastes and like. then you just like, and you're doing it at the beginning of the day. So just so you know, like I'm sure it maybe it's different now, but at least when we did it, our KFC also wasn't like heavily traveled. We had a buffet too, which created a whole different oh, element. Of, I won't even get into that. Right. Uh, but like, so you like you scoop it in and you have the gravy and boom, and you put it all in these like styrofoam containers. Oh which yeah. They still have. Yeah. And then, um, and you put it all once again, in the racks, but like, I'll be honest with you very more often than not, whatever you came and got at nine o'clock at night, I made it. 9 30 a.m yeah like, like you, you supposed you date it you're supposed to like time it like write a thing but like no one does like be honest like so and like no one really like 100 checks on it yeah they have a busy day oh we gotta make more mashed or whatever right. and you know yes probably more often than not on a busy lunch you'd have to make more at two o'clock or three o'clock but there are many days where that mashed potato been sitting there all night Ugh. cool so 
So this yeah. is a story that really horrifies my friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> the coleslaw you make in tubs, uh, they are like legit tubs like you find at Walmart. Sure. Big tubs. Just like I described the flour, but that's a steel thing. This is like a tub of the same size. You pour in the cabbage, okay? Yep. And that's all like cabbage. It's all refrigerated. So that actually is like real cabbage. But then you pour in, I, all I can do is describe it as goop. It looks, it's like beige colored, I guess is the way I describe it. And it's like gel. And it's like a tube is like, uh, maybe like, I don't say two feet, but a, you know, a foot and a half. Sure. And then like maybe like six inches. And it's like actual tubes. Does it have like a cap on it? What is it? No, 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 no. It's like you cut the top off and you okay. squeeze it. I see. Yeah. But it's like super thick. It's yeah. like, it is like. It's all dehydrated, of course. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about science and that nonsense, but it, it is like, it is like the thickest. It's almost like a, like a peanut butter. Not as thick as that, but like that almost. I see what you mean. It's closer to peanut butter than jelly. I put it that way. Yeah. And like. You squeeze and you squeeze it all in, but what happens is then you're supposed to then put these like gloves in your hands, yes, and then push it around. Yeah, <laughs> on more than a half dozen occasions, that was hard for people, and I saw on more than a half dozen occasions, at least one person, at least two people, not me. I've never did this. Uh, put the things in their feet, and oh basically stomp on it oh no now they, they did have like i want to say they were not gloves it was like um saran wrap or not yeah. saran but like uh, i don't know how to describe it like a very thin oh no. like almost like a like a baggy yep but they put like the baggy over their feet and like tied it no. and then like stomped on like grapes and wine no nope. and uh my my friend ethan uh, uh coined the term uh foot slaw so if you guys want to get hashtag foot slaw going uh. go for it but they would and it basically just like walk in circles and some people would be like they would do that as they made the mash so like oh, they would like stomp no. on it as they did because it's all all this all this prep happens during the morning. Yeah. So like you know, um, we well, just want to get ready for the day. Yeah, you're getting all this stuff ready for the day, which sometimes uh, I say can sit all day, but like right, but and the person is just like stomp and like you know, with, they, uh, with their shoe on. No, no. Wait, so they would take their shoe off bare and feet. They'd have their bare feet with the baggie. I'm not would, sure what's worse. They would tie the baggie on. Don't know what's worse. And uh, and they would just do it with their, their feet barefoot. Well, they, I said they had this like bag, but the baggie is very thin. I don't know. I no. Like, I don't know. If they, I'm sure. I Their mean, nails are cutting it open. It oh. could happen. I mean, the baggie was very thin. Like, I saw it happen so often. Like, I would say it's impossible that someone's bare feet didn't touch. Like, it's impossible. <laughs> it had to have. Like, the baggie, it, was, it wasn't like a, it was like, you know, a Ziploc uh, bag? It was much thinner than oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah, you said like saran wrap, which just feels thin. It's yeah, it was like thinner. a, imagine saran wrap and Ziploc had a baby. It was like that text, that like thickness. Had you, had you ever like torn, did you ever tear it? Did you ever like put it on your hand? Like, oh yeah, all the time. Motherfucker. Yeah, Cause you do it like you're supposed to do it like, I, cause I would do the cold stuff. Yes. Do it the right yes, way. Yes, yes, but yes. the main times you put it on like a finger pops. Oh like, right. no. Like, you know very, toes are in that. It's very, no. oh, without question toes have been in there. <laughs> and, no. I'll, and I'll tell you one more thing. Not everyone worked. It was the cleanest person in the world. I'll be honest. Be, be blunt. Of this, course by the way, not. This was in the Portsmouth uh, KFC. How many people didn't shower? Who fucking put that shit on their foot and put their foot in the slaw? You know they didn't shower too because they come in with that fucking <gasps> flower because the flower is like you can't hide from it. Like it, it's like you know it's like a uh, scarlet letter. Yes. Um. So this KFC does not exist anymore. It's in Port. If you ever went to the one in Portsmouth in the nineties, uh, it's if you know Portsmouth at all. Uh, it used to be a Circuit City. It's now an Ocean yeah, State job lot. That's right. Uh, which is ridiculous because it's where the they have they made no changes Nothing. to the Circuit it's, City. It's, it's just says Ocean State job lot where the Circuit City was. Yeah. Uh, but next to it used to be the KFC. And uh, it's since been torn down. Um, but it, it, if you rent it, you, chances are you had Footstall. If you had Coleslaw in the 90s and you went there enough times, I guarantee you had Footstall. I foot honestly don't know what's... I think... I think... 
I think the foot, I think the open foot is worse than the shoe, but it's hard. It's so, so your shoes would be covered in grease and flour. Oh, like it, so like a shoe itself, you would yeah, not but want sock, like sweaty foot with like some toe jam in there. And they're like, well, of course I mixed in. Oh no. And it's this goop too. And it was just like, it was the grossest thing. And like, fuck you. It's <laughs> it awful. So yeah, I, and I'm sure it would not be the only KFC ever done this. So I'm guessing you've had KFC coleslaw at all. You've had toe slaw or foot saw. Like I guarantee it. That's fucking it's fucked up. Right. dude. Yeah. It's really bad. Oh. And it all happened in the morning before customers were there. Like we do all this prep in the morning. Uh, do sit into you so it was awful like you'd like you'd spend hours doing dishes like, it makes me want to go into a cave any K, random KFC and just shoot it up <laughs> well let's not, let's not do that uh, but jesus christ but you know they're still doing it <laughs> maybe not maybe this was just one i'm gonna go into one i'm gonna ask some questions i'm definitely going into one and fucking do, how do you mix the slaw use your foot oh they're gonna say no tell me the truth maybe they don't maybe everyone uses oh. their hands but the tub is like on the ground. It like it, I know it sounds. The other thing too is like the tub is in the ground. Like I can't emphasize enough how gross these floors are because this flour. So like, are people slipping around too? Oh yeah. So like you would like you'd always power wash it every night, and you we really did every night. We always really did power wash every night. But there's always like the like the tile. If you don't believe me, go to a McDonald's in the grill if you can, or at least look if you can, and you'll see the orange tile. It's the same kind of tile. Yeah, yeah, typically. yeah, yeah. And that tile has a different like texture and coating and look to it than the one in kfc because that grease just like sticks there and then you'd always be slipping i saw people like to- totally like fall down i slipped like oh. a few times really good i didn't fall on my ass ever but i came really close coming out of the walk-in freezer t- or the walk-in fridge too because you had the big tub of chicken yeah, you yeah, always, yeah. Like, jesus you always be like, so cautious of that you know oh. marky marking the end of the departed i feel like that's what you need to be in this place oh yeah <laughs> just like 100 percent covered you really do and like, oh, they're doing dish. I mean, you just, I mean, obviously every restaurant you do dishes, but I did dishes at McDonald's, like number of closes. It's nothing like this because it's just like, you can't get the shit off. The only thing to do is get the buffet. So you have like, you know, uh. apple cobbler and you spend like an hour just like spraying this thing to click because it's, it's, it's just everything. hard fucking cement. The buffet honestly made my life a living hell. Like that, and that, there's another part of it too, where maybe another KFC that had less demands of the buffet would have spent maybe more time with the coleslaw actually doing it with their hands. But like, we, we, it was just like, and it was just not a great experience. Who, who, who showed you foot slot? Like who showed you? No, okay. So no one showed me. And like I said, I know I was a man, but I wasn't like the manager. So whatever. <laughs> but did your, did the Statue manager, there. did the manager no, see the shit? No, like Koopy would just do it. You know, like, and it'd just be like, oh. and you, 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 how high did it go? The like, two to people the I saw do it were women. go to your knee? The two people I saw do it were women. Uh, no, I would come up, oh, how high would it go? It would go like, here to like half kind of your like, shin to like where your sock ends maybe. yeah okay oh and, well yeah I, well maybe not yeah well maybe oh, snack. and how no, deep maybe, maybe a little bit how ankle. deep would you go like would you get some skin in there to like how deep would it no no, no 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 the baggie would cover the where the baggie was big enough where it was like you weren't gonna submerge and get yeah. stuff falling down and in the, between yeah it was yeah and it, they weren't it wasn't just gloves like you had like a baggie you could also like just kind of slip on and stuff. Maybe because we had the buffet, other people didn't have this baggie. It's hard to describe the baggie, but the baggie would, would go around your foot. It would cover your foot. Yeah. It was uh, big no, enough. Like, it. So it wasn't just a glove. I'm just wondering how deep it was. It was, it was, was a different the, texture. The, the tub wasn't that deep. It the wasn't tub, like a foot deep. The tub was big. The tub was like two feet, but like but, the, but the coleslaw itself didn't okay, take up the whole all right, tub. All right, right, Okay. Like the, the, so at least you're not submerging. This, I would say, I would say skin never touched. Like your leg and, skin never touched the coleslaw. And I mean, the, unless you're like kicking, no one's kicking around. They're walking like very uh, like, um, like stomping like grapes, like, but no one ever like, yeah, you, that would never happen. So, but then did the baggie, 
Was it tight around your? Uh, how'd yeah, that people happen? were like tied around. Oh, you tie it. Oh yeah, like they would tie it. Like it was, it wasn't a, it was a baggie. It wasn't a glove. We had, yeah. But you would use the baggie as a glove. Right. Doing some of the buffet stuff. I remember like doing the cobble and stuff. I'd throw a bag, or maybe I was just super freaked out with some of the stuff. Maybe other people didn't use it like that. I honestly don't remember. But the, these baggies, you, they would come in like, it's the wrong term, but like it would come in like a box, and then you would just pull them out. Yeah, I know. Like Kleenex, you know. Yeah, and um. But they, but they were big. You, you would fit around your foot. But the only people... I saw two women do it. Like, do the foot saw. Ugh. And, like, you're like, eh, you're like, do I sit? And, like, eh. Like, you know, like, I was so new. They were they were veterans. And one of the women, I believe, was a manager. Ugh. So, like, it was just like, ah, do I, like... Fuck that person. Did you... Um, you never ate the slaw again after that, though? I right? never ate slaw at all. So I was safe. You're not a slaw guy. I, I think, like the right? biscuits. The biscuits are frozen. You yeah. put them in, like, an oven. And then they come out. And you have, like, a paintbrush of butter. Like a yeah, huge yeah, amount of butter. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but the butter's like not fresh. But I, I'll, I'll admit though, like I totally still eat the biscuits at KFC. But it's pretty easy to process. Like boom, boom. Um, the chicken's still, like, I'll go get the chicken, but I'm careful when I order it. But it's still like good. Like it is legit fresh. It is. Yeah. Um, and uh, the potato wedges they had there work the same as fries. Yeah. It's very similar. And I think the tenders are similar there too. Yeah. It's same as McDonald's as far as not the same food, but the same process. You know, you put it, you put it in a basket, put it in, press a button, timer goes off, pull them out. Um, but the, uh, the frying the chicken though is very unique. Um, it's just incredibly hard process. Like, I can't believe this is like how, how they do it. Like, it's not efficient at all. No, it's not ever made to order. It's never made to order. Like for you to make it to order, you have to sit there for like an hour because it takes like 25 minutes to cook the chicken. It takes like a good, like 10 minutes to make it like to Mm. flour, to bread it up. Like you could never order it. If you ordered, you'd like said, you'd be sitting there an hour. It's like not a no, don't get me wrong. You might be like, hey, I have a huge birthday party. I have a big party. I need to get it specially made. Yeah, we'd make it to order, but you would have had, have called in advance and we would have sure. it ready for you at a certain time. That makes complete sense, yeah. You know, big, big buckets and stuff. But like, but if you just came in, like you, but like I would say McDonald's, you could be like, oh, I want this like, you, you can basically kind of regulate, relegate a little bit how it's made. Like the patties aren't always fresh, but you can sometimes dictate that too a little bit. Sure. But like, you know, at least it's kind of, at least it's somewhat more fresh. I don't know. No, I'm not going back to that. I'm never going to KFC again. Really? Never. <laughs> Fuck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I ruined it for you. Because you know these are the only coleslaw. I'm not, I don't give a shit. Like if, if maybe it doesn't happen to everyone. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe the, oh, maybe no. the process there's is different. There's no now. way that this, this is, is the only place. 22 years ago. There's no way. Well, yeah, maybe they changed their ways, but there's no way that this was yours was the only location that did this no shit. Way. Someone because had, it was so hard. It was, it was really hard to like, <sighs> to get the gel, the, this gel, like to mix, to mix it properly because it wasn't like you had to get it all. And then after that, then you're scooping it into things, but like you really need to mix it in there. Yeah. Because you couldn't have a big chunk of it or it would taste fucking horrible. No, no you would notice it when you screw, it would just right. be weird. Like, yeah, you need to really get it in there. And it was, it was like, it was really thick goo. Oh, it was fuck. so, the goo was so gross too. It was like, Oh, it's so, so nasty looking. And like, yeah, you do it in there. You're like, like, Oh, I would always try to get out of doing, who wants to do slaw? They'd say, I'm like, I'm yeah, good. No, no one I'm good. Slaw. I don't want to do slaw. Leave it to the, but like, I didn't want to, but it's awful. So I was there until around this time is when I, I actually left. I went back to McDonald's. I'm like, I'll just take a regular. I don't want to be, a, I don't want to run a shift. I'm you surprised do, I took you back though. Usually after you leave, I know. like it doesn't, well, they were desperate. And yeah. it was just like, so I went back, but I went back, um, knowing that I went back in like February and I was there for two months and I started working for the pride. I did game day staff at the national pride to my yeah, yeah, baseball team. Right. I kind of like, uh, my friend Brian started going to college 
in sports management. So when I left KFC, I actually had a plan. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do sports management. I want to work for this baseball team. Like there was stuff. When I went back to McDonald's, I'm like, oh, I'm doing this kind of like whatever until the kind of just get extra I see. You didn't paychecks. want the responsibility. You just wanted some place where you could earn a little just bit of cash. Get, get before, a money yeah. before I went. Cause I knew doing game day was going to pay shit. Yeah. So I just went and like just made some money. I think I paid my car off. Like I, I oh, tried to like do stuff to like get myself prepared to go to college and also to like make shit money doing game day. And like I, but I went in with like a, I remember feeling like like pretty good about it. I'm like, all right, I know this sucks to go back to McDonald's, but like, whatever, I'll just suck yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't do KFC. The hours were crazy. And the thing too is like, if I go work for the pride, I'm not, and I just I just need to get out. I was just so mad, and I stunk. You work at McDonald's is a little bit of odor, like, but it's not too bad, honestly. It's like whatever. If you take your uniform off, your it's gets in your hair a little bit. Not too bad. And you know, if you don't work the fries, if you don't work the grill. If you just work register, you don't smell at all. Right. KFC, like even if you work the register, you smell. But if you Fucked. work anything, like it sucks. Like you'd work like whatever. Say like well, no, whatever. You know, duh. lunch and dinner. So then you want to go out after that night. Like I can't go. Out. I have to go home and take a full shower because I fucking reek of KFC. Yes. It's in my fucking fingernails. It's in. It's Everywhere. on my hand. Like right. I wash the best I could. I still stink. Yeah. And even if it's on your clothes, it's in your car. You couldn't even like, go to the movie. You don't want to even go like see a movie. You just want. No. You just, want, you just, you just no. want to go home and get like. Get, you just were greasy. I was working crazy hours because mm. of manager. Yeah. And how it works with fast food is they screw you. They make you work. They pay you like oh I'll give you whatever. I was making like say twenty seven grand a year. It's probably even less than that back then. But you work like sixty hours. You have like yeah. one day off. It's, yeah. It was a fucking like a so, Wednesday. Like the, you know it's like the shit thing like i drive by this mcdonald's now it's like oh we'll take we're uh hiring closers up to 700 a week and then i'm like yeah for that for that you got to work you know 57 hours right like, oh no no wants that gruesome but fuck, yeah kfc fuck, no foot saw baby no you like that no i thought you like that story it's disgusting um we are in february of 1999 we are uh february 14th john ehrlichman died at 74 of complications from diabetes He's probably most, he was first the White House counsel and then assistant um, for domestic affairs to the, President Nixon. Yep. Um, but he's probably most famous for his involvement in Watergate. Um, he ended up serving 18 months for conspiracy, obstruction of justi- justice, excuse me, and perjury. Easy for me to say. Uh, he was also disbarred. Um, you know, think about it. You no, know, Watergate happens in 70, uh, 72. Yeah. It all kind of goes down in 74 is when you get, you know, you, get, you know Nixon uh, leaves, you know, he dies in 99. So that's 25 years of his life. He's kind of this. Uh, tainted figure. I mean, they all were. I mean, you're you're old enough to remember when Nixon was alive. He was this yeah. weird character. Like you know, um, everyone involved with Watergate kind of had this like this stink to him. Yep. And um, and Ehrlichman was very involved. Yeah. Professional life was kind of over. At that yeah, point. you do kind of break random things like you're just like consultant for some things or whatever. Maybe you have some sort of old connection that kind of sure. throw you a bone just to give you some work. But uh, your life space, your professional life, basically over. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he was very integral he's one him and haldeman were these guys that kind of basically were like nixon's like right hand man man yeah, yeah, and they 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 were i said incredibly integral and in, uh, not only watergate but you know basically advising nixon to cover it all like really crooked guys and um you know it must be an amazing feeling to be the most power one of the most powerful men in, in the world right next to the most power advising the most powerful man in the world and then you know decades later you're fucking nothing yeah not, no one will hear a word you say right, you're in the white house and then it's over you're not in the White House, but you're like you're the guy in the yeah. White House besides the president. Like the right. president's listening to you more than he's listening to like senators. Yeah. You're like you're his guy, right? And then to be like this, you know, as you know, with the Trump stuff. You wonder is Trump going to be thought of in that same way as Nixon in a way if he lives a long time? Like I don't think so. It's kind of like 
No, I don't know. I feel like he already is. Because he's he has all the other stuff though. Like he has all his you know properties and well, I don't, golf I mean, courses. Nixon had you know money until the end because he did like the Frost interview. He, he, yeah, he but he, books and but stuff. he was but his but his brand right wasn't now. everywhere. Trump's brand is everywhere still. Yeah, I guess I mean I meant more like uh from the public conscience. Like maybe. are people gonna regard him it's funny, before, Nixon lived long enough where if you're young, maybe you don't know this, but in the eighties he had kind of a resurgence, like, oh, like I remember seeing op eds like should we you know, early nineties, should we respect Nixon again? And Nixon's funeral when he died, I think he died in 94, was like yeah. attended by all the presidents, I believe. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's I know, but like, I think if he dies in 76, it probably, probably isn't happen. the case. Yeah. But like, he was really, he got kind of forgiven. And then as time's gone, we, more tapes have been released. We see he's even more of a despicable oh, person than a, we ever thought. He's and, super asshole. Yeah, yeah I think now, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare Nixon and Trump's crimes or, or lack thereof, whatever. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying from just simply, and a lot of it obviously is media based too, but like, do, but was Nixon polarizing because there are a lot of oh. people like no but you think a lot of people even after watergate still people respect it wasn't I don't like think that so. i guess whereas yeah. trump you trump still, still have has a lot a of people who are super followers you're yeah. right i guess there isn't that yeah maybe yeah because nixon well, trump's was really, more charismatic than nixon ever totally yeah too. nixon was not good at that part but uh he yeah but he wasn't really polarizing like everybody just at the end people just everybody hated nixon make america great again yeah more of a reagan than a nixon i think um february 18th uh t- big trade in baseball oh toronto blue jays trade roger clemens the yankees yep for uh david wells graham lloyd and homer bush um interesting trade uh wells and clemens both old at the time to trade um you know clemens obviously was on was on steroids but right. he's you know he's coming off two great years of the blue jays amazing years of the blue jays yes. and once the yankees wasn't great at first uh, you know, he, he didn't, he was very, his look at those years in 99 and 2000, they weren't super wonderful. They were okay. They weren't much better than Wells. Uh, and then now by the end of his time with the Yankees, he really, you know, obviously on, on stuff and got better stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, but obviously then he goes to the Astros and he's even better, but, right. uh, he was good for the Yankees. He was good. I don't yeah. know if he was that much better than, than Wells. I don't know if it really mattered because, you know, Graham Lloyd, nice reliever then, uh, for the Blue Jays. And then the year after that, he gets hurt. He's never really the same again. He's okay. He's just kind of a nothing. And Homer Bush ended up being a prospect, didn't peter out. So yeah. it didn't, he had one decent year with the Blue Jays, but oh, that it didn't really, didn't yeah. really work out. So, I mean, I, I, Yankees obviously definitely won the trade. Uh, and you said Clemens was, was good. He was good. But in 99, he really wasn't that good. In 2000, he wasn't, or yeah, 2000, he wasn't very good. I think 02 and 03, he was quite good. 03, though, he got hurt in the World Series. It might have cost in that World Series against the Marlins. Oh, right. So, you know, bring Clemens in, but I mean, then again, if you get a chance to get a Roger Clemens, yeah, at that well. point, you I know try. that, you know, he's just coming off playing two Young awards in a row with the Blue Jays, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you make the, you make the deal, and uh, I mean, obviously, I think he's won two World Series in a row, so obviously it wasn't that bad of a trade, no matter what, but I, I do wonder if, like, Wells, I always feel Wells got kind of screwed out of that, because, like, Wells was, like, I said, end up just as good as Clemens in 99, 2000, more or less. And just did, was on a shit team. And he was such so popular. He just pitched that perfect game in 98. Right. Fans loved him because he yeah. was this big, fat, loud was, guy. Yes, yeah, super charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's like, oh, I kind of, things that he didn't get more. He, I mean, he's obviously got a ring and he got rings earlier with the Blue Jays. He did. Uh, or at least or, uh, the 90, uh, 92, not 93, but 93 is the Tigers. But, um, but it's, it's like, oh, he, he, it probably would have been a more fun. I, mean, I, I hated the Yankees and this and you hated the Yankees. Yeah. But it would have been a more fun dynasty if it had been Wells the whole time. Then, because Clemens felt like a rented player. I know he was yeah, there for a few years. Yeah, but you still but. have Clemens, and you know, hated Clemens for for leaving Boston. So you oh, you're right. We had that great Clemens Pedro showdown oh, in '99. Yeah. Of course, Pedro, my you know, daddy. Pedro. That, that yeah, one? yeah. Was that? It wasn't the. He's my dad, or they're my no, daddy. Was, was that the time? No, Pedro was saying that because like 
Yankees were kicking his ass. Yeah, okay. But he went in 99, he beat the Yankees in, in like game three. Uh, and they, you know, they booed Roger off the mound. It was right. great. But right, of course, right, right. the you know, Red Sox lost that series in five games. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, obviously it was fun for us as Red Sox fans to kind of boo Clemens. It was fun to have Clemens in the Yankees. You yes. really hate him. Yes, yes. Blue Jays, you hated him, but now you really hated him. Totally. Um, but on some of them, like, I don't know, would have been, if you would have felt more, I don't know, more valid in a bizarre way if had been Wells the whole time. Yeah. Because like, they did a cool job picking him up. It was a really good move. And he, you know, it didn't, I don't know. But, but I also hate Roger Clemens, so. Uh, uh, anyway, I can kind of find a way to kind of slander Clemens. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the people I hate most in sports. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he just seems like a really arrogant asshole. And really bad person. Fucking, was it you know, Mindy McReady uh, was the country western singer he dated when she was a teenager yeah. and ruined her life and she's since killed herself. Yeah. Uh, like the way he treated her was, was really... Like, like you look through his stuff, the more you look, it's more despicable. He's uh, A-Rod-ish in that way. Like he's definitely um, one way with uh, the public life and then you see, you know, past that veneer, there's a lot of darkness. Yeah. I think A-Rod isn't as isn't as bad. Well, he's probably not as uh, vindictive, but he's definitely a fake motherfucker. Oh, like, uh, oh, yeah. Like Roger is to the public. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, A-Rod, A-Rod is uh, the definition of yeah. fake. I mean, just ridiculous. He's on this ESPN broadcast. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And just, because you know that, you know. But Clemens is worse. I don't like A-Rod at all, but Clemens is worse. I hate A-Rod. I hate Clemens more than A-Rod. Yeah, I think, I think that's I right. I feel bad for a- I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, A-Rod oh, annoys me. I never want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't want Clemens no. in the Hall of Fame either. We can go into that later. Story. So, but like, I, I, uh, I don't like either guy at all, but. Because a part Clemens of me, I feel, like has some sympathy for Arod. I feel like he's kind of this like, yeah, but he didn't have to be a, such a fake asshole. He was a such a talented to be baseball player. So I, bad, so stupid. Like just be, be, then be a good guy and fucking hit the hit the ball. I mean, he had everything going. So did Clemens. Really did, I go, yeah. well, Clemens started to age, so at least you understand why he did yeah, it. Of course. I mean, I think Arod was trying to validate this huge contract he just it signed. Was. But it's like, ah, oh, Jesus. I don't know. I, I hate both guys a lot, but I it, Clemens is Clemens is right there on the top of the list for me. I can see that. Uh, that's all I got. I guess we're back uh, tomorrow with with uh, payback. The yep. Gibson movie, and we're back next week. The free show is uh, with Kirk Man Hoosiers. That's huge, huge. See you then.